This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome on in. WIP Daily. I appreciate everyone listening and subscribing, following the podcast, especially our NFL picks posts and uh, and episodes here every week during the NFL season. Week 17, which of course back in the day used to be the final week of the season. Now we go 18. So second to last picks posts and picks pod of the season. I appreciate everyone uh, downloading these and, and catching up as we get to the weekend. Uh, I wish everyone a very happy new year. Enjoy everything with this weekend and some downtime, some family time, some you know social time, whatever you guys do. I'm old now. So I just hang out with my wife on, on New Year's Eve. I'm not particularly interested in, in going out and doing all that kind of stuff. But you guys enjoy it all here on New Year's weekend and hopefully enjoy some big betting wins in the NFL market. All right, five games for the NFL for week number 18. I am recording this episode, just a little heads up, a little bit earlier in the week than I usually do. You'll hear it normal time, but I'm putting it out there and recording a little bit early uh, for just scheduling reasons with um, with being off the rest of the year at WIP. Back on with the Midday Show on Tuesday, the 2nd of January. So if lines shift, you know, you're like, man, that was a different, that's a weird, way different line. Yeah, that's why. It's a little early. Um, any huge injuries, obviously that could change things. So just, you know, obviously just check in with the the updated lines before you take anything or tell any one of my bets. But here's what I'm going with for week number 17. I love the Detroit Lions plus the six. Like I understand all the trends, all the numbers. I think Dallas is certainly better than they've looked on the road last couple weeks. I thought they were right in that Miami game. That could have went either way. Uh, Dallas is a really good football team, and they're a great football team at home. 40 points per game basically at home, undefeated. Haven't lost a home game since the beginning of, I think, week one of the 2022 season. It's been a remarkable run in Jerry World for the Dallas Cowboys, and they'll probably play well on, on Saturday night in a home spot. I just look at this game, and I say, okay, are they six or more points better than the Lions? And I don't think so for a couple of reasons. Number one, Detroit is is really a different team in a dome. Jared Goff is a different team in a dome. Number two, the Dallas defense, in terms of success rate, has been one of the worst defenses against the run in the National Football League. And Dan Campbell and the Lions want to run the football. And they have two significant backs that could do it. Montgomery, the grinder, and and Jameer Gibbs, I believe the best rookie running back by a lot. Um, he's better than Bijan Robinson, is a tough, physical, and explosive runner. So I believe Detroit will be able to control clock, make plays, stay on the field, and even if those drives become more field goals at points instead of always touchdowns, they're going to move the football limit possessions, put some points on the board. Goff will be good in that dome. And I do not believe this is a recipe for a Cowboys route. I, I just think the way these two teams play, the strengths of the Lions versus the weakness of the Cowboys lends itself to a closer football game. Like in my head, I think this is like a 30, 30 to 27, 28, 24 kind of game. Dallas probably wins this game. They have more at play though. I think that loss by the 49ers on Monday night to the Ravens really opens the door to more 
you know, to, to Dan Campbell keeping his foot on the gas. For the Lions, if they win out, they're going to be the two at worst. But if the 49ers now slip up one more time, either in Washington this Sunday, which I don't expect, or at home in the finale against the Rams, and we know how that rivalry's gone over the years, the Lions can be the one by winning out. So it gives Dan Campbell some incentive to push for this thing, to get a two seed, maybe a one seed. If the Lions get a two seed, they have a very, very good chance of being in the NFC Championship game. And with the way the schedule is broken down, you know, with a home game against Denver, then going to Minnesota at Dallas, home for Minnesota, home for the first round, potentially if they get the two home for the divisional round, they won't have to go outdoors again until the NFC Championship game, assuming, let's say, that game is in San Francisco. So they've got a long runway when they get the best out of Jared Goff. Give me the Lions plus the six. I like the way they play in this particular matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Game number two, there's been a thing in the NFL this year. Whenever one team becomes the darling, the team, everyone's talking about everyone loves them, fade them the next week. And I'm going to do that with the Baltimore Ravens. That was a tough, physical, emotional victory for the Ravens on Monday night. They're a tremendous football team. They should be the favorite in the AFC. If they win one of their final two games, they're likely to be the number one seed in the AFC. They can get there with just a win on Sunday over the Miami Dolphins. Miami's been more fraudulent, though they fought for a real, real nice win over the Cowboys in their building on on Christmas Eve. But here's the way I view this game. I think it is a... Well, obviously, is a shorter week for, for the Ravens. That extra day of prep can make a big difference. Kyle Hamilton banged up in that game for Baltimore. Physical game. Teams that play the 49ers the last couple of years have not fared well against the spread the next week. And you have a Miami team that can really move the football in chunks. Now, do I think you can get down the field against this Ravens team in, in six or seven yard you know, burst, you know, or, or three or four or five yard plays and just over and over matriculate? No, I think their linebacker play, their middle play between the linebackers and the safety Kyle Hamilton is too good. They'll force mistakes. They'll tip the ball up in the air. They'll create turnovers. All that stuff we saw Monday night. But that's not how Miami plays. Miami's going to make chunk plays in the passing game to Tyreek Hill and they're going to create mismatches using motion. Now, and I, I, now, look, Shanahan didn't do enough of that, but I think that was a little, little bit fluky what happened in the Ravens and 49ers game on Monday. I think Miami will be more acquitted for the game, extra day of rest. I just think the hook is too much. Does, does Baltimore win? Yeah, they're at home and, and they're really good. Like a 27-24 victory would not surprise me, but three and a half? Give me the dog. I'm going to take Miami plus three and a half, keeping Miami in play for the one. Also keeping the Cleveland Browns, assuming they take care of business against the Jets, in play for the one into Week 18, which I think is a really, really interesting dynamic. So I'm going to take Miami plus the three and a half. I think we saw this matchup last year. The speed, and I know it's a different second here, but the speed of Miami's receivers. We'll find out injury news this week on Jalen Waddle. Didn't seem great. But as long as Tyreek is out there, the speed of Miami is enormous. And I also think... Miami's defense with Vic Fangio will give Lamar Jackson some problems. He played a whale of a game. But again, every time someone gets up, they're the favorite for the MVP, they fall. And I think it's just it's kind of apropos for this season if if now Joe, uh, not Joe Flacco, if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens come back to earth a little bit at home here against the Miami Dolphins. Game number three, I'm going to take Atlanta plus the three. There's still some life there. I think the quarterback change was a good thing for the Atlanta Falcons. Heineke's just better than than Desmond Ritter. And you saw on Sunday, playing the Colts, they put up over 400 yards offense. And actually had a really bad day in the red zone. Otherwise, they would have scored a lot more points. This Bears story is cute. It's nice. I also think they found some advantageous situations in some of their games. And I think this Falcon defense 
is just better than they're giving credit for, uh, you know, around the league. I think people look at them like they're not, there's like no talent there at all on this, on this Atlanta team. And I don't think that's the case. You know, points per game allowed in the NFL this year, I, I think you'd be surprised where the Atlanta Falcons rank this season. So I'm pulling up right now opponent points per game NFL this season. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to I'm going to reel off to you the top 6 in the NFL. Number 1, Baltimore Ravens allowing 16.3 points per game. Number 2, the Kansas City Chiefs allowing 17.7 points per game. Number 3, San Francisco 49ers 17.8 points per game. Number 4, Buffalo 18.4 points per game. 5, that would be the Atlanta, excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys 19.1 points per game and a number 6 the Atlanta Falcons at 19.2 points per game, allowing only 16 points per game in the last three weeks, only 18 outside of their dome. I think this is one of the more improved defenses across the NFL from this year to last year. I'm looking, like So the Atlanta is, is down three and a half points from last year, what they allowed. I wonder if anybody else is that far down. So Kansas City is about four and a half points down from last year. Um, is anyone close to so Atlanta's about three and a half points down. They've been they've been difference makers. Uh, Las Vegas is about five points down. That's that's the most improved. So those those are, are three big ones. Minnesota, uh five and a half points down. You know, as I look at the rest of them, it, it feels like it's a, it's one of the five or so most improved defenses. Miami, you know, three point something points down. Everybody else is either up or or just down a little bit. Chicago four points down last four point two points. So yeah, it's it's one of the the five to ten most improved defenses across the NFL from last year to this year. I think you put them on the road. I think they'll be able to stop the run a little bit. Can you know get Fields to make a mistake or two? And I'm going to take Heineke. And and Heineke, I like that he's played outdoors in the NFCs. He's played in the weather. You know, you never want to take a dome team and put them outside in really cold weather. You know, especially Chicago could be all. Wacky weather uh, this late in the year. But I do like Atlanta getting three. I mean, that, that's the thing. They're a dog here. I think Atlanta's a better team than Chicago, or at least an even team. I'm going to take Atlanta plus the three for game number three. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Game number four. Look, I had to do this because I just think the number is too big. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus the 10 and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles team that we've seen all year, should they be laying 10 and a half to anybody? I don't care the games at home. I know Arizona has to travel across the country. One o'clock game, tough spot for them. But should the Eagles be 10 and a half point favorites? The Eagles have not shown the ability to handle prosperity. They give it back. Yesterday looked like it was going to be a rout. Uh, excuse me, Monday, you know, the Christmas Day game against the Giants looked like it was going to be a rout for the Eagles. And then, boom, they give it back with the costly special teams mistake, with a pick six, with penalties. They just give it right back. And I look at Arizona. A couple things stand out to me from this game. Number one, Kyler Murray. He, he's always a challenge, and he looks like he's running around and moving well. Number two, if you look at Arizona over the last three, four weeks, they've really run the football in a significant way. And the Eagles' run defense hasn't exactly been... I would say top of the league. I'm going to pull up just yesterday and just the score, just the rushing on both sides. So, you know, yesterday the Eagles, uh, you know, I'm doing this podcast on a Tuesday. Eagles win that game over the Giants. 
by the 33-25 score, okay? So that that's fine, and I thought the game really wasn't truly indicative of, of how it went. But yesterday, the Giants ran 26 times for 106 yards. The Eagles have given up a lot of rushing yards in the past, I don't know, month, month and a half. They've become a bottom 10 rushing defense. Meanwhile, you look at, you know, rushing statistics over the last couple of weeks. I, I mean, y- you can make a good case the Cardinals have been one of the better running teams in the NFL for a while now. Um, and unless that changes, I think they'll be able to run the football, limit possessions, stay on the field, convert first downs, and it'll just be a trickier game. Like, should the Eagles win this game? Absolutely. But this feels like more like 28-20, 29-20, you know, 30-20, 27-17, more than it does an easy cover for the Eagles. I'm going to take the, the Cardinals plus the 10.5, plus you have the Gannon factor. Jonathan Gannon knows this team in and out. He knows Jalen Hurts' weakness is in and out. He practices against him every single day. He knows what makes these guys tick, what doesn't. I think that familiarity really helps Gannon, who with a different kind of team and a, you know not a very good football team and a 3-12 and team and a young team, could take some chances, change up his tendencies a little bit in this game. Eagles don't, and we know what they do. They're going to do, their, their, do the offense they've run all year, which hasn't been creative enough. I'm going to take the... Arizona Cardinals plus the ten and a half for game four. And game number five, are we are we on all dogs? It is a dog weekend on the pod. Give me the Steelers plus the three and a half. I like the hook here in Seattle against the Seattle Seahawks. I, this is a uh, loser goes home kind of match. The loser of this game, I, I don't know if it's official, but I think it's probably likely will be eliminated from postseason contention. The winner will stay alive and maybe, you know, depending on what happens, could control their own destiny into Week 18, which I think really sets up a lot of drama in this game because it's a really big one. This feels like a field goal game. Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, two teams playing with either a backup quarterback or you know an average quarterback potentially, and we'll see how the week goes and moves along with injury news. But Kenny Pickett could be back for this game just you know three weeks after ankle surgery, and that would be a big boost, I believe, for the Steelers' offense. I thought Pickett and the offense were starting for the, about five and a half quarters to really start moving the football uh, with the new coordinator before the injury. Last week, really nice performance by Pittsburgh on that Saturday against the Bengals on Christmas Eve Eve. Just when everyone wants to fire Mike Tomlin, he pulls one more rabbit out of his hat. And I just don't think Seattle's a very good football team to be laying three and a half to to another decent football team. Give me the give me the Steelers plus the hook. This feels I don't know 23-20, kind of game. I will take the hook. I think we'll profit that way. So we got all dogs this weekend. Give me the Lions on the Saturday game plus the six against the Cowboys. Give me the Miami Dolphins plus three and a half over the Baltimore Ravens. Give me the Falcons plus the three over the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. I like the Arizona Cardinals plus the 10.5 here in Philadelphia against the Eagles. And I'll take the Steelers plus 3.5 over the Seattle Seahawks game. I really, really like there. Uh, even if it's Mason Rudolph. I mean, and again, if that's Mason Rudolph, what does that say about Seattle? That they're they're just a little bit of a favorite at home against Mason Rudolph? Not a really, really um, favorable thing when you're trying to look at Seattle and what they really are. So I appreciate everyone listening. And throughout all of 2023. We started WIP Daily in late April. Didn't know what kind of reception it would be. Didn't know how many people would actually listen because it's a little bit different. It's just me. It's not quite the midday show, but you know, I do a daily show and it's like, would people still want this and something unique and a, like a short little burst every single day? 
And you guys have. I appreciate everyone that downloads the show, subscribes, follows the YouTube page, 94WIP. Have a great new year. And we got a lot to talk about when 2024 rolls around, the midday show, and of course on WIP Daily, between ever how this Eagles season ends, what kind of playoff run we get, the offseason, Sixers playing good basketball. Can the Phillies do some more to add to the team to compete with the Dodgers and the Braves? So much, so much. It will be your way on WIP Daily. Happy New Year. We'll talk in 2024.